You're listening to Payers, Providers, and Patients, Oh My. I'm Pyle Nanavati. And I'm Joe Records. And today we're talking with two new guests to the podcast about social determinants of health and value-based care. Our guests today are Lori Bottrill, uh, the CEO of Mercy Care, which is an Arizona Medicaid managed care plan, and Janet Walker, Senior Counsel with Kroll. Lori has been a leader in Arizona's healthcare community for more than 25 years. As Mercy Care's Chief Executive Officer, she is responsible for all operational and financial results. Mercy Care serves more than 425,000 Medicaid and Medicare dual SNP members and manages six distinct contracts with the Arizona Healthcare Cost Containment System, Arizona's Medicaid agency. Mercy Care is a not-for-profit Medicaid managed care plan serving access members in Arizona since 1985. And Janet recently joined Kroll's healthcare practice um, from Ascension Health, uh, the second largest nonprofit health system in the country, where she led the national value-based care efforts um, from a legal standpoint. I'm going to turn it over first to Janet to start us off with some background on social determinants of health and what that means. Thank you, Joe and Pyle, for that introduction. And just by way of background, the social determinants of health are the conditions in which people are born, live, learn, work, play, and age, and they affect a wide range of health, functioning, and quality of life outcome. Specifically, research about health outcomes has revealed that the care delivered within the walls of a hospital only impacts as little as 10% of an individual's long-term health. Social determinants of health make up the remaining 90%. Further, the COVID-19 pandemic has brought the issue of social determinants of health to the forefront. Right, and with that background and kind of in light of the COVID pandemic, I think it makes sense to start with an understanding of the role of the current federal administration in addressing social determinants of health. It's, I think that's a, it's a really uh, good question, Pyle, and it's just been something um, that I know uh, I have seen over um, a number of years, and in particular, more recently, um, starting from a federal standpoint with um, the White House and the Biden campaign and the administration. In fact, from the start of the Biden campaign, the administration has made addressing so- social determinants of health a key priority. In fact, just in July of 2020, the Biden campaign announced policy recommendations to address social determinants by directly leveraging data, investing more in community health workers and targeting hunger and homelessness. And further, President Biden through the American Rescue Plan has really targeted this area by broadening the Affordable Care Act um, to offer expanded Medicaid and introducing a new public health insurance option and also increasing funding to underserved communities to address social health disparities. Also recently, I just wanted to mention too, actually the Improving Social Determinants of Health Act was introduced um, in 2021 at the House of Representatives. And the legislation is really designed to create a new social determinants of health program at the CDC to empower public health departments and community organization to lead efforts to build integrated systems that research and address the the social factors that negatively impact health in in regions across the country. So not only has really social determinants of health been addressed recently um, at the, the federal congressional level, in fact, agencies too have been taking action in this area. And I just, Pyle, wanted to mention a few of those. 
Um, in, in January, CMS issued guidance to state health officials that was really designed to address SDOH and Medicaid and the Children's Health Program, and really so states can further improve beneficiary health outcomes, reduce health disparities, and low, lower overall costs in um, both Medicaid and CHIP. Also, just wanted to mention too, just this past May, the CDC has announced um, a $250,000 grant program that's also available to state and local governments to develop multi-sector action plans um, by accelerating actions in state and local jurisdictions that really are designed to lead to improved um, chronic health conditions among Amer Americans experiencing health disparities and inequality. And it was also kind of the last point I'll mention here, and then Lori would be interested in, in your view from a state standpoint. On October 21st, CMS interestingly released its 10-year strategic plan for the CMS Innovation Center and actually included advancing health equity as one of the key strategic objectives in that vision. So Lori, as I mentioned, those are a few areas from a federal standpoint and would be interested in kind of what you're seeing from a state standpoint in your experience. Great, thank you, Janet. And I'm so uh, pleased to be here today to talk about such an important topic. And, and I can tell you as a healthcare leader, one, I spend considerable amount of time thinking about it and really partnering with uh, the state and our local Medicaid agency on, on really how we have an impact. As you know, the states you know, are, are a little bit closer to local communities, have an understanding of what's happening really within their communities, really on these distinct social determinants. In Arizona, we just have a great partnership uh, really between the public and private sectors um, in which the state deploys public procurement and then awards business to non-government bidding entities who work closely with the state um, to meet the needs of individuals that we serve. Arizona was actually the first state to adopt uh, this managed care model in Medicaid um, back in 1986. As part of this work, Access looks at things in, in many different ways. Part of it is they do apply for 1115 waivers through the federal government, and as part of that, really look for ways to improve the care of individuals and often include services and an expansion of services that will help with social determinants. In 2019, ACCESS, who's the Arizona Medicaid agency, actually launched a whole person care initiative. And the focus of that was really to identify and address the social risk factors uh, that are impacting uh, individuals in the Arizona community. So a couple of the areas that ACCESS has focused on one is transitional housing support. And, and this is really focused on individuals that are discharged from an inpatient BH facility. Those may be experiencing chronic homelessness and those transitioning from correctional facilities who have limited resources. So the goal of this would be, how do we connect them with those housing supports so that they are successful in these transitions? Another way that um, ACCESS is really looking at it is how do we use non-medical transportation to help members get access to community-based services such as healthy food or employment? Often that becomes the barrier and especially in these hot Arizona summers, um, you know, being outside and not having transportation um, really actually creates some social isolation and, and, and inability for individuals to get connected when they really need to. And that really brings me to the next one, which is social isolation. 
you know, especially during this pandemic, really seeing that individuals are less able or willing, you know, to be out in the community. So how do we keep individuals connected potentially when they're not able to have visitors coming in to the nursing homes or less likely to go out to medical and behavioral appointments? And then the last thing um, that's really important and also I want to speak about too is just the tracking of all the social determinants. Um, that's a really important thing beyond the regular claims payment system. You know, how do we really work with individuals to get them connected with social determinants? And I know too, Lori, it's interesting kind of hearing what you're experiencing firsthand. I know there's been quite a bit of talk about the interrelationship with value-based care, you know, in particular. And one of the things that I just mentioned, wanted to mention here is that relationship between focusing on social determinants of health in relation to value-based care and value-based care really focuses on improving quality and outcomes for patients. Um, So by definition, that also must consider social determinants of health as well. And, And really the movement towards value-based care has also provided a significant opportunity to address this area while also improving the value and the quality of care. You know, value-based care can really allow for greater flexibility in terms of what services are delivered while also providing accountability for long-term sustainability and population health improvements. You know, there's been recent um, changes to the Stark and and a kickback rules around value-based care, kind of making it more uh, flexible for organizations to offer um, value-based care programs that in the future I would anticipate also um, relate to improvements around social determinants of health too. So while we look for um, changes there, it will be interesting kind of to track that as well. And I know, Lori, that your work with Mercy Care has um, focused quite a bit on value-based care as well. And that is such an important part. You know, while we work with our Medicaid regulator and as a health plan, you know, really work to create programs to address social determinants, we really can't do it without our provider partners and and creating value-based incentives and alignment to think about care uh, in a different way is incredibly important. A couple of ways that we've done that. One is we have Z codes. So Z codes are really the ability of providers to code for some of these social determinants, which gives us information. So it allows the providers to screen for that information and make sure they're asking all the right questions. And then secondly, for the health plan to aggregate that data. So we've really encouraged providers through our value-based arrangements to really be screening for social determinants, and based on that, provide to us on claims the Z codes. We've also been really thinking about getting individuals into care soon as they've had hospitalization. We find that really kind of doing that outreach and making sure that they're really focused on that care and connecting to things, especially after an an inpatient stay, uh, really can, can provide for a lot more success we work with assertive community treatment teams who really kind of wrap services around individuals. Um, In that, when we've put value-based care and and coding for Z-codes into their contracts, one provider we saw an increase of coding 34% of the time to an average of 94, and with another provider going from 11% to 78%. 
So that's really allowed us to get some, some really incredible data about individuals that we serve and certainly helps us in working with our providers and creating programs to really address the social determinants of health. So Lori, it seems that Arizona has really embraced value-based care to in particular address social determinants of health. And I also know that Arizona has been a leader in this area. So kind of with that backdrop, I'm, I'm wondering uh, your insight and perspective on, on this area as it relates to programs that might be able to be scaled nationally. I do think there's some great work that we've done in Arizona and that um, could be leveraged throughout the country as well. And I'll touch on a few of those items. Um, one happens to be our closed loop referral system. And while um, closed loop referrals systems are out there, what they really do is allow, whether it's care managers, the providers, others to refer an individual to um, some social services, maybe employment or um, food security, housing, that kind of thing. What the closed loop referral does is allows us to know that the individual actually did engage with those services. So while it's one thing to refer an individual, it gives us much better data and understanding if we're able to see that that individual actually was able to get connected. So closed loop referral systems um, are offered in various ways uh, throughout the country through various vendors. What Arizona's done that's a little bit different, it's really made this a priority from access through their whole person care initiative I spoke about earlier. And what they've done is used our um, kind of statewide HIE vendor and really created one system for the entire state so that as CBOs or health plans, you know, community-based organizations, they're not having to operate in multiple different systems. And it also streamlines all that data uh, for health plans and others to use for um, caring for the citizens um, in Arizona. Another way that we've done it is we've really contracted with some non-traditional providers. So an example of that is delivering meals uh, to pregnant women to ensure food, food security for them. And as I mentioned, often it's challenging to go out and get services. So what we've really focused on is mobile behavioral health clinics. So bringing behavioral health services to individuals that need them and may not have transportation, but either bring it uh, to their home or to an access point uh, for individuals. We've also been looking at technology that really can give us some more detailed information around um, both through publicly available data and then matching that with our individual member level detail, which helps us understand what be, may be happening within a community, a zip code, and where some of those real needs are. So as we look at ways to invest dollars or support programs, we can do that with, um, with data. We also look to braid um, funding sources. So what we may do is work with you know, various uh, cities or states who potentially have um, dollars through grants that they've received. And then how do we match that with what Medicaid dollars we have and create programs that leverage really these braided um, funding sources. The last thing I want to mention, which I'm really proud of and something we've spent a lot of time on is in Arizona, all the health plans that serve Medicaid populations have come together to form Home Matters. And what we've done is partner with a national uh, Home Matters organization that 
that really um, focuses on the home and knowing that there's a difference between housing, but really creating a home. And around a home are, are all those social supports that are really important, whether that's access to bus lines, uh, food, the perhaps a library where there's Wi-Fi access, that kind of thing. And so what we've been able to do is come together with our community reinvestment dollars and continue to support. We've uh, funded over eight programs so far to date. And what those are is providing funding from the health plans to uh, individual housing um, organizations to help fund programs that we really think meet the goals of both you know, serving our Medicaid members, but also, as I stated earlier, with the Home Matters uh, vision as well. So really a focus on, on solving for affordable housing in Arizona. Great, thanks, Lori. And I, I think um, to close the episode here, I just wanna see from each of you, if you have thoughts on what else can be done, kind of what all of us can do uh, to make an impact in social determinants of health going forward. Really exciting opportunity, and, and Janet uh, did mention it earlier, is the federal government has put out an American Rescue Plan funds uh, that are really going to each of the states to really focus on um, social determinants. So here in Arizona, really excited about these additional funds that come in that um, we're able to create some programs to really focus on workforce development, focus on housing supports and others. So I know that's going out to most of the states, but but really a chance for the states to work together uh, to make sure they're implementing the most impactful uh, plans, but also with the support of the federal government through additional dollars. And Janet, same question for you. Um, do you have thoughts on, on kind of what um, what we can all be doing here? It's, it's, it's a great question, Joe, and kind of following uh, Lori's comment about the engagement at the, the state level, it was interesting to see CMS come out just last week, as I had mentioned earlier, with its strategic vision for the next 10 years. And a primary focus of that vision is advancing health equity. And so I think it will be incumbent upon all of us at um, not only the state level, but also the federal level from both a legal and an operational standpoint to really all work together and, and figure out what we can do to move this issue forward. So I appreciate, Lori, your, your time today and insight from all of the great work that's being done um, in, in Arizona and also not only in Phoenix, but throughout the state with the, with the Home Matters Coalition as well. All right. Thank you both for this engaging conversation about such an important topic. And we are planning more episodes on this topic in the future. So stay tuned for more updates. Payers, Providers, and Patients Oh My is a podcast brought to you by Kroll and Mooring LLP. You can find more information at crawl.com slash healthcare podcast. Mm-hmm.